Maybe you left a Subway sandwich or two. <laughs> For Gino. <laughs> Be careful. I know. It's uh, spicy. It's so spicy. <laughs> Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you're listening, I hope you're having a wonderful day. My name is Colin Brown, joined by my co-host and our producer, Andrew Maloney. This is the Good Time Sports Podcast. We got a lot to talk about in the docket we're not even going to be talking about today in news. We're just going to jump straight into it. Andrew, the NHL season has kicked off and it is underway. The puck has dropped on the ice, as some people would say. Who, if anybody, in your opinion, could dethrone the Colorado Avalanche this season? That's a really, really good question. I mean, Colorado Colorado did lose a couple pieces, Nazim Kadri uh, being one of the big pieces that they lost this offseason. Um, but Colorado, that's the, that was the beautiful thing about that Colorado Avalanche Stanley Cup team was that they were so well-balanced that it doesn't matter if it was the first, second, third line that was out there on the ice or if it was the first or second defensive line out there on the ice. Um, they just legitimately looked unstoppable. And they were the best team in the NHL for a reason. They blew through the playoffs. I mean, I think they swept two different teams. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely insane how good they were. Um, I do absolutely see them repeating this year. But I will say, I really, really, really love the Calgary Flames. Okay. Uh, they were the closest to it last uh, last year, but... Um, it, the thing about the Flames is that it's going to take a lot of balancing. You know, are they going to be as well meshed as they were last year? They lost Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk in the offseason this year, which are huge pieces for that Flames team. Um, but they did pick up one of the best playmakers in Jonathan Huberdreau and uh, Mackenzie Weger uh, to really... Uh, help build that team up. And then to top it all off, we were talking about how the avalanche lost Nassim Kadri. He went to the flames as well. So the flames really rebuilt even after losing their two big players. Um, Jacob Martstrom in the net is an absolute beast of a goalie. So uh, I really do think it can be the Calgary flames. If, if we're talking about just apparent choices, uh, a sleeper wild card, and I, I say this objectively, I'm not saying this as a Stars fan. I really do believe the Stars with a um, actual competent head coach can legitimately be one of the best teams in the NHL this year uh, with Jason Robertson. Uh, Joe Pavelski has already been proving himself two games into the season. And uh, Jake Ottinger, one of the best goalies in the NHL, in my opinion. So it'll be a really interesting season. Absolutely. Now, I... We can't talk about the NHL and not mention the now three-time defending Eastern Conference champions, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, they ultimately gave the Colorado Avalanche, I believe, the most toughest challenge in the NHL postseason, ultimately did fall to the Avalanche um, to not secure the coveted three-peat that are so often strived for in sports. But the core is still there for the Lightning. It is older. Oh, without a doubt. And last year, they didn't have Braden Point, one of their best players. And he returns. Do you believe that the Tampa Bay Lightning could potentially win the Eastern Conference after everything this team has been through for a fourth consecutive season and potentially challenge for that Stanley Cup crowd? (sighs) The problem is, 
we, we've seen this every single year with the Lightning, and at some point you have to feel like it's going to catch up to them, is that they continue to get hurt every single year. Mm. They keep losing key pieces throughout the season. Now, they somehow figure it out, and they still end up winning the East every single year, but uh, I just don't see it happening this year, in my opinion. I do not think that... The Lightning win the East, and I don't believe that. I really don't even believe they make it out of the second round of the playoffs. So Interesting. All right. Yeah. You think it's about time that they kind of, you know, maybe potentially just... I think Carolina comes out of the East. Okay. The Hurricanes. Gotcha. So, so that's going to be your pick. So Hurricanes, and but would you still go uh, Calgary I'm gonna go, at that point? I'm going to go Hurricanes, Flames for the final. Okay. With the Flames taking it in six. Flames. Interesting. Yeah. All right. And we're going to be talking about the NHL more this season. Uh, we are without uh, one of our co-hosts, Brendan Carson, who we know we'd love to talk about the NHL today, but he is just under the weather, um, as it seems like all of us have been at some point yeah. this year. So we'll, uh, we'll hopefully see him back next week. Um, but now we are going to be transitioning over to another league that hasn't quite started yet, but we still want to give a good preview to, and that's the association. Andrew, I know you've been chomping at the bit to talk about this one. I'm so excited for Luca. Man, the Dallas Mavericks, among many in the Western Conference that hope to contend for an NBA championship this year. Uh, wow. I mean, last year, let's just, just kind of give a refresher for those who may not be aware. The Boston Celtics ultimately fell to the Golden State Warriors in six in the NBA Finals. That whole core in Golden State won their fourth title in eight years. Insane. And they just recently re-signed Wiggins and Poole to $100 million extensions for over four years, or for four years, excuse me. I wonder if they uh, re-signed Draymond Green's left hook as well. <laughs> I think that might have been a clause in Poole's contract. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but getting back into it, um, we're just going to go give a brief overview. I am going to be sending you my predictions so you can give us a little graphic potentially uh, on the Good Time Sports Twitter because I know that's just one of your favorite things to do is do more work than you have to do <laughs> so um but like getting into the we'll, we'll save the western conference for last because we know that one's gonna be the one that we dive into yeah we both have teams in the west so absolutely so in the east miami heat were the defending number one seed ultimately boston did secure the eastern conference crown i also believe miami was one of the most disrespected one seeds it, it's true in a, in a while because it, it just seemed like that jimmy butler eric spolstra tyler hero bam out of bayou like, those guys have been around together. They've gelled together. They went to the finals within the last, what was it, in 2020 uh, in the bubble season during yep. the COVID year. Yep. And they're just still not able to get the respect that they feel like they deserve. Ultimately, I feel like they are lacking one true score. Maybe Tyler Hero takes that step forward this year. But it just seemed like Jimmy Butler just couldn't do it by himself. I mean, I just, I just feel like... The East, and I, it kind of makes sense. I mean, the East was so freaking loaded one through four. You had the Heat who won 53 games, and then the the Celtics, the Bucks, the Sixers all had the exact same record at 51 and 31. Like, that's insane. Right. So I feel like with, with how close the East was naturally, people weren't really talking necessarily specifically about the Heat, but... I mean, when you have a team with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, James Harden, James Harden. I mean, and then you still had the Nets who were in the seventh seed and the playing with tournament. KD and Kyrie. Like, they just were an afterthought. 
Yeah. And so, I mean, it's uh, maybe maybe I worded it wrong. Maybe they weren't disrespected. Oh, they were to a certain degree. They, they were to an extent, but there was also so many other teams in that conference that deserved the respect as well that I guess maybe it just made sense. I mean, compare compare the East to the West where the Suns were almost 10 games ahead of the Grizzlies. Right. Well, the, be- the, the Suns were the best... Um regular season team in the NBA this year by and far. won 11 more games than the heat in the East. So, right. And they deserve the respect. One thing I'll, I'll mention to um, getting back to the East for a second, the Milwaukee bucks. I'm, I'll, I'll say this straight up. I, if Chris Middleton hadn't gotten injured, I don't believe the Milwaukee bucks would have fallen to the Boston Celtics. I don't either. And although Eric Spolster has had success against Giannis in the past, I believe the Milwaukee bucks should be, the favorites to come out of that conference, in my own personal opinion. I agree. Um, they've reloaded this year, uh, bringing back Middleton, obviously, you know, Giannis, Drew Holiday, uh, still have coach, their head coach that they won the championship with the previous year, excuse me. And I I do believe they re-signed Pat Connaughton, who isn't going to be out for a couple of weeks, uh, yeah. I believe with a knee injury, yep. if I'm not mistaken. But they've got some guys there that are going to be able to put up points off the bench and whenever you have the best player in the NBA, you simply cannot be ignored. No. And I I would be really anxious to see if anybody other than, you know, the, those top four teams. Credit to the Sixers, 76ers too. One thing I'll say about them, James Harden took a massive pay cut in order to kind of beef up that Philly roster. Yeah. It'll be very interesting to see if Embiid can duplicate the MVP level season that he had last year. Um, now they add guys like P.J. Tucker, Daniel House, etc., um, Philly will also look re- revamped. So I definitely think it's going to be more top heavy in the East. Whether Brooklyn can contend with those teams uh, remains to be seen. You know, now that Kevin Durant ultimately said, "Hey, uh, I want my GM and head coach fired." Kyrie still believes in the latest book that he read off of the internet. Yeah, like blog post, and then yeah. Ben Simmons. Uh, I think I think <laughs> Kyrie's main source of literature is Reddit. If I'm being honest, Reddit, Wikipedia, uh, the bathroom stall. I mean, whatever, whatever, wherever there's writing, he believes it. Exactly. So. And uh, Ben Simmons, we'll see what he looks like on a basketball court if that ever happens again. So give me your top three <laughs> uh, in the East. Yeah, I'll go Milwaukee, Boston, and I'll go Miami. But Philly will give them a run for their money. Uh, we have basically the exact same top three. I mean, we have the same three different orders. I'm going Milwaukee, Philly, Boston. Okay, so you'll have Miami at four. Then. Yeah, Miami. So at we four. have the same top four. Yeah, same top four. Yeah, different, different orders. orders. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and that's to be expected. Uh, I mean, I I feel like the East could literally go anywhere. I 100%. mean, if you have the 100%. Nets who actually are going to have Kyrie the entire season versus just half the season, if that, I feel like it, it's. They're also going to be a team to be reckoned with, with Ben Simmons playing as well. So It's just the Nets, even when they were at their peak and they didn't have all this offseason drama, you know, with James Harden yeah. at the helm, Yeah, the best that they've done is get to the second round. Make a good point. So it'll be very interesting to see if they can even avoid the play-in game. But um, they are very talented, as we know, obviously having multiple champions on the roster. But we'll have to wait and see. Chicago but, too, man. Chicago Ch- with Alex Caruso back. Yeah, DeMar DeRozan, we'll see if he can replicate the season that he had last year. Um, it was definitely a breakout year later in his career, but um, yeah, Zach Levine as well. Cleveland, too. Oh, my God, dude, the East. 
It's it's going to be interesting. Cleveland's Cleveland's going to be competing for that, um, you know, six, seven, eight seed. If, yeah. I'm, if I'm being honest, but. I agree. But I mean, they will give teams fits. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Because any at any given point, Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, and Evan Mobley could potentially combine for over 80. Jared Allen. Yeah. Like and. I mean, they've got a squad. And you can't doubt Trey Young and the Hawks. Yep. They are going to look good. Um, obviously, adding uh, DeJounte Murray from San Antonio, who's going to be a really nice backcourt pairing with Young. What's nuts is, as good as the East is, I still think the West is better. Yeah. Which is absolutely insane. I think at I the, think the NBA as a whole right now is so well balanced with talent that it we're, we're probably in the golden era of our generation's NBA. I think the East is more top heavy, potentially. Like I agree. In ter- like more, more top level teams at the top of their right. Conference. And I mean, yeah, because I mean, like I said, our top four, those guys are gonna easily be top four. I think, I think in so. my opinion, I agree. But five through ten, you're gonna have guys competing easy. And don't even, I mean, listen, the Pistons are gonna be better. Uh, the Magic with Paolo is gonna be a frisky team. The Knicks. I mean, yeah. I mean, I but feel Jaylen like Brunson. Yeah, every team is going to be. Then you mentioned the Charlotte Hornets with competing. Lamello. Yep. So I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see. But I think the West, they're it's much more well balanced. Much more well balanced for sure. Um, we've got uh, obviously last year the Phoenix Suns, as you previously mentioned, had the NBA's best record because uh, securing the number one seed. The Golden State Warriors, however, um, did knock off the Dallas Mavericks in the Western Conference Finals to move on to the NBA championship. Yeah, but the Mavericks knocked off the Suns. <laughs> they did. They did. Um, as the Golden State Warriors were able to capture their fourth title in eight years, as I mentioned earlier. Um, This is going to be a very interesting year for the West because we have so many teams that are reloaded. Denver, Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray coming back into the fold for the Nuggets. Obviously, you've got the Clippers reloading with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, hopefully, knocking on wood here. Staying healthy. Yeah, staying healthy for the entire year. Minnesota just acquired... Rudy Gobert, we'll see if that propels the Minnesota Timberwolves just, up the uh, rankings a little bit. I'm just, I'm really interested to see how this Gobert cat situation works out. They're going to be big. They're going to they're be huge. They're going to get a lot of rebounds, uh, hopefully. I mean, their size would dictate that, right? Right. Um, I think they're going to be a better regular season team than a postseason team. Well, yeah, because we know Rudy Gobert does not show off, show up in the playoffs. Show up or show off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, Either or. But I, I do think they could be a sneaky regular season team yeah. that could uh, disrupt the Western Conference standings. But uh, ultimately, Golden State Warriors should be the ones respected and the ones that everyone's aiming to knock down, as it were. Um, so give me your, uh, your four in the West. Okay, so top four in the West. I'm going to go Memphis at one. I'm going to go Denver. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. We're starting off hot. Memphis at one? Memphis at one, yeah. I do. So are I, you are you thinking that if they have jaw the entire season last year? Now, they're, just they're because I have more. Memphis as the number one seed does not mean I have them going representing no, the West. No, 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 no. But but in the regular season, I I believe Memphis Grizzlies as pre, as currently constructed are the most well balanced, hungry regular season team out there. Like they showed it last year when they won however many games. I forget their longest win streak, but it was like it was like fifteen plus games. Yeah. yeah. Um, that they won during the regular season last year. And I believe 
the Grizzlies are going to even further expectations this year. I think they're motivated after falling to the Warriors, I believe, in round two. Okay. Um, but I got the Grizzlies at number one. I've got the Nuggets at two. And again, this is assuming everybody's healthy. Right. Um, I've got the Warriors again at three. I've got at four, I'll go Phoenix at that point because we need a, a team for them. Well, they would be from the Pacific Give me, Warriors. you know what? Give me one through eight in the West. One through eight. Because, <laughs> okay. No, because, okay. and I, I'll say why, because we talk about how much more balanced the West is versus the East. Yeah. Versus the East, I feel like it's going to be one of those four teams in the championship. Mm-hmm. But in the West, it could really be anyone one through 10, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Genuinely. Okay. So I'll go, I'll go five. I'll go Dallas. Okay. Six. I'll go the Clippers. Seven. I'll go the Timberwolves. Eight. I'll go the Pelicans. Okay. Nine. I'll go the Lakers. And then at number, wow, this is at the 10 spot. <laughs> um, out of respect, because I think this will be Pops last year, I think I'll give the edge to this. Mm, no. Oh, that's tough. You know what? I'll go I'll go Blazers. I'll go Blazers at 10. But that's, I mean, that 10 spot could be very... It could be anybody. Yeah. But I don't... I feel like those nine are going to be the for sure nine. I think Utah obviously takes a major step back after trading away Mitchell and Gobert. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. They're not making the playoffs. The Thunder, uh, with Chet Holmgren's injury, I think, is just not quite there, even though Shea Gilgis is going to have a great year statistically. The Rockets, same thing. They're really young with Jalen Green. Excuse me, and Jabari Smith. Uh, Sacramento, Sacramento, they're just, I'm sorry, Sacramento, they just, they can't seem to get their act together. Yeah. So that leaves Portland and San Antonio and San Antonio just traded away DeJounte Murray and obviously, uh, uh, oh my God, who they just traded to the Celtics, uh, Derek White, excuse me, yep. the previous year. So I think I'm going to go Portland as that 10th and final seed. Gotcha. So it's tough, but I mean, again, you could really make any argument. For these guys in the West. That's what I'm saying. One through eight, I feel... Well, no, not one through eight, but maybe one through five. I really feel like anyone could be one, anyone could be two, anyone could be three, anyone could be four, anyone could be five. Yeah. Because I'm going to go Golden State one. Okay. I just... I think... Can I explain why I didn't have Golden State higher? No, that's fine. Please do. I think they're they're at that advanced age, right? Like, they've been to final six out of the eight years. Right. And they've had a lot of wear and tear. Like, Clay's not the same player. Dre's not the same player. Yes, they have Poole that's going to emerge. Yes, they have Wiggins, who's revitalized his career. To me, in the regular season, that's all about young teams that are consistently playing hard every night. Whereas the Warriors, let's face it, they pick their spots. I mean, Draymond literally came out last year and was like, I'm not an 82-game player. I'm a 16-game player. Like, they know what their focus is. Absolutely, but I feel like... I feel like with the youth of Poole and Wiggins, that's really going to help revitalize the old guys who might not be as make energetic them, as make the them younger like, teams. Make them punch them until they're energetic enough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's not something a 16-game guy does. Well, you know, he may. Maybe. It's like, yeah, I could have taken this. It, honestly, if, if the Warriors didn't have ring night coming up, I think Draymond would have been suspended. If they weren't the defending champions, I think Draymond gets suspended. I, I agree. I agree. But, I mean, no, I mean, you could be right because the Warriors are definitely talented. So, so I'm, and I just, I can't doubt Steve Kerr. That's fair. So, I'm going to go Golden State 1, Memphis 2, Dallas 3, Phoenix 4, 
Denver five. Okay. Clippers six. That's where it gets tough. Yeah. <laughs> Minnesota seven. Okay. New Orleans eight. Yep. I'm going to go Spurs nine. Okay. You still think the Spurs could potentially compete for playing? Lakers 10. And I, I'm doing it because of what you brought up just a bit ago. It's Pops last year. I feel like it's just a storybook ending for Pop. Yeah. Anything, I feel it like, being obviously Pop's not going to win a championship this year. No. But something about Popovich, something about the San Antonio and the way his teams have tended to rally around him, mm-hmm. no matter the talent on the team. Right. Uh, I just think that they make a little bit more noise than people anticipate. So then in year. your in your scenario, does Damian Lillard potentially finally have enough in Portland? I think this so. Because this would be the second straight year in a row that yeah. they don't even make the play-in. Yeah. No, I, I do. I think he's. I think he should have had enough a while ago, but okay. So and then breaking down the rest, I think you had a lot of um, teams similar to me because you had the Clippers at six, you had the yeah. Timberwolves at seven, you yeah, had, uh, Pelicans at eight, and then you also had Memphis really high. You had Phoenix around four. I think that's where I had him. Yeah. The difference is you're higher on the Mavericks. No, no bias there, but <laughs> um, and then you're not as high on the Nuggets. Can you explain that one for me? The Nuggets, and look, I I know we're saying if they can stay healthy, but I I can't believe that Jamal Murray and Michael Porter are going to stay healthy until I see it. I it's dude, you gotta you gotta have that factored in. You have to, you have to. Even okay, even then, I mean, I'd still have. Then if they stay healthy all season, I'm putting Nuggets at at four. So they would jump the Suns at that point. Yeah. Okay. Suns at five. That's fine. I mean that's I, like I said those three through five I think we had the same. Teams. I just I just think that yeah. that the Nuggets they need more time together. Obviously they meshed well in the bubble because they were in a bubble. Mm-hmm. Now all this time that we've been out of the bubble, players been hurt, haven't been around the facility as much, haven't been traveling as much. I don't know, and I just feel like. Jokic is just so insane. Yes. I feel like I don't see them taking the ball out of his hands as much as we think they okay. would. Okay. So the two time defending MVP. Give me your uh Western Eastern Conference Finals and your NBA finals. Do we want to save that for the graphic or do we want to do it here? Do it here. Okay. Um all right. So in the Eastern Conference, I'll have the Milwaukee Bucks hosting Boston Celtics. Okay. And in the West, excuse me, I will have the Memphis Grizzlies hosting the Golden State Warriors. I think Plain it's safe. I think it's rematch. I think it's. I think Memphis is going to come out guns blazing this year. Um, but I do believe that the two one seeds that I have are going to advance. I've got the Milwaukee Bucks taking on the Memphis Grizzlies. In the NBA Finals, and Giannis Antetokounmpo wins his second NBA Finals MVP in six over the Grizzlies. I'm taking the Milwaukee Bucks. Gotcha. Who's your MVP? In the regular season, regular season. This one's tougher because, again, this one's more or less 
um, who I do I think is going to really ball out this year, who's going to be the overachiever, right. if you will. I think Luca finally gets it this year, man. I predicted Luca to have it the last like two years, and each year it's just and it's not like he hasn't balled out. Well, it's it's well, it's partly on him because he's come out into the last two seasons out of shape. out of shape, and this he is in shape this year. He does, and he's taking this off season seriously. Uh, even though he can't seem to stay away from the hookah, but that's besides the point. Hookah Doncic, hookah Doncic. <laughs> but um, I, I think Luca finally gets it this year. I think Luke, he's just. He's too talented not to, and I think, I mean, I have Dallas reaching the five seed. I still think they're going to win fifty plus games. He'll get it if even if he gets the third seed and proves me wrong. Yeah. I think Dallas will ultimately get. In. I just it'll be very interesting to see um, Dallas in the postseason. Perfect. Uh, I'm going to go Philadelphia, Milwaukee. Okay, I respect that. Philadelphia to the finals. Now, in yours, you had... Did you have Philly as home court advantage in that one? No. With the seating? Okay, so you have Milwaukee, but you have Philly beating them anyway. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Go ahead. I have Philly in the finals. As much as I want to say the Mavericks to the Western Conference Finals again, I don't see it happening again this year. I think they kind of reboot a little bit. Yeah. Like, they're going to be a good team, but I just, the West is just a gauntlet. I'm going to go Memphis, Denver. Okay. With Denver with the magical run this year. Okay. Magical, quote unquote, because they're still going to be a really good team. Mm -hmm. So Memphis hosts this one. Memphis to the finals with Philly in seven. Okay. So you're, and I'm assuming finals MVP and bead. Harden. Interesting. I think Harden balls balls out. All right. James Harden. Finals MVP. 76ers over the Grizzlies. Who do you guys your regular season MVP? Luca. Okay. So we both agree there. Yeah. Yeah. I think Luca. I agree. Is, he's he's coming in in shape. And this is a completely objective. It, it he's coming in in shape. He has really seemed that he's upset that he came out of shape last season. Right. And the way that he's been balling in European uh, FIBA basketball mm-hmm. this offseason, I just don't see how that doesn't translate to the league. So I do. I agree. He's, he's always said the NBA is easier. Yeah. No, he's the odds-on favorite for the MVP. Yeah, without so. a doubt. So, But I think we've talked about it, a lot of Luka Doncic here, but we got some other sports we got to get into. There's other sports? I know, right? <laughs> Which the NBA season tips off, I believe, this upcoming Thursday. If I'm not, it's either Tuesday or Thursday. You're- so make sure you tune into that one. It's going to be on TNT either way, so... Just make sure you turn to TNT this week. Um, moving on. back inside the NBA. <laughs> right. Uh, with the best show, pregame show in sports. We're going to take it over to the diamond here as the MLB playoffs are well underway. We've had some teams now eliminated uh, in the divisional round. Some more shocking than others. Uh, my Seattle Mariners ultimately falling to the Houston Astros in a clean sweep. <laughs> in two baseball games in that last game, let's they went to 18 innings. They played two baseball games. And yeah, Seattle just couldn't even put up a run in their last fight. In their first game, first postseason game in Seattle in 21 years. Uh we ultimately fell short of the Houston Astros. I'm still really proud of the team. Ultimately, I I told a buddy that was sitting next to me when Jordan Alvarez walked off in game one, I was like, the Astros are just a better team. They're yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they With swept them. And they did. I also, dude, 
I think the Astros have been kind of disrespected this year. All year, all I've heard about is uh, the Dodgers and right. the Braves and, and the, the Phillies and the Yankees. Yep. And Aaron freaking Judge. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sorry. By the way, the Yankees Excuse are currently me. up three to one over the Cleveland Guardians right now in uh, the top of the fourth inning. Catch my breath there. For a second. <laughs> yeah, the Yankees are. Um, the Yankees Guardians are the is the only matchup that has not advanced to the conference, and it won't. Oh, it can be decided tonight. It can be if the yeah. Guardians come back, but the yeah. Yankees are currently winning in that one. Uh, Cleveland does hold the advantage in the series two to one. The Phillies did knock off the Atlanta Braves, the defending World Series champions, three to one. That offense has been firing on all cylinders. All cylinders. And Bryce Harper looks like the Bryce Harper as of old. Yeah, uh, the so, the <laughs> Nationals legend Bryce Harper, the prince that was promised, the Sports Illustrated cover boy Bryce Harper. Yeah. Um, the San Diego Padres, the NL West. Brother knocks off the best record in baseball, LA Dodgers, three to one, which is insane because that guarantees we're going to have a five or six seed in the World Series. Yeah, and that will be decided between the Padres and the Phillies. The Phillies riding those hot bats. The Padres, after the Juan Soto trade, didn't necessarily look like they were um, being in Philadelphia right now, man. Yeah, the Eagles are doing good. The Phillies are are playing great. Uh, I mean, man. The Philly. Sixers are coming in yeah. hot. Yeah, Sixers are, you know, reloaded their team. Rob McElhinney, who is a massive Philadelphiaite, however, however the hell you say it, Philadelphia. has an amazing TV Phil- show, and he I, talks about Philly all the time. I think the term is Philadelphian, I think. Philadelphian. 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 <laughs> but, um, so, so we'll be very interested to see. Obviously, we want to make sure Brennan gets in on this one, so we don't want to divulge too much into it because he is going to unleash when he comes back yeah, he is. into two topics yeah, that we've kind of already mentioned in obviously his Houston Astros did knock off my Mariners too so you know he doesn't get to gloat today but I'm sure he will gloat next week we are very pumped for the uh, AL and NLCS I love that's the parts of baseball where I really start paying attention you and most other people yeah. I think are really hyped whenever postseason baseball I mean it's October sports yeah, are great the championship right series are Unlike anything else. Do so. you, quickly, do you think the Guardians finish off the Yankees, or do you think the Yankees pull off the comeback? I think the Guardians finish them off. Okay. But I, I think that at the end of the day, it's going to be Astros and Padres in the World Series. And I think Juan Soto wakes up and... Delivers another World Series to a different delivers city. Delivers another World Series. Okay. Wow. I've been to Petco Park. I know that place can get pretty rocking, so um, we'll wait and see. I personally... I, I, the Astros just seem like the best team. Remaining. No, they do. They do. They really do. They just look unstoppable. But I'm, yeah, I'm just trying to make anything. Sure. Anything can happen in the World Series, in my opinion. So we'll wait and see. Obviously, we'll have another podcast at least before that gets started. So we'll talk about that more. We'll then. Have a couple. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, but we'll wait for more updates on the Major League Baseball playoffs. But now we got to get over to another new sport, which we're going to go to. Right now, as we get over to college football, man, what a Saturday it was. Six ranked matchups all taking place on this incredible October Saturday. We had the likes of Alabama, excuse me, Penn State, and other major schools, Oklahoma State, also being knocked off of their undefeated seasons. By the toadies. And obviously, there has been the updated college football rankings to the AP poll, Georgia, Ohio State, and Tennessee. Now the top three in college football, Andrew. Rocky Top! <laughs> Rocky Top Nation. 
Peyton Manning and everybody bringing out cigars. I, I, if you're a cigar dealer in Tennessee right now, yeah, you, you're, bi- you're bi- out. Business is good right out. now. Also, the whoever supplies field goal posts is probably really happy <laughs> right now too. <laughs> Did you see the one guy that was surfing on it as yep. if he was just being led in like a? <laughs> yep. Oh my goodness! What what a magical story! I mean, they, they took it all the way back to when Peyton Manning knocked off Alabama, and they did the exact same thing, uh, tore down the goalposts and took it into the river. Uh, what river is that out there? Do you know? The river in Tennessee. Interesting. Who um, cares? <laughs> there is all we know is that there's now a goal goalpost sitting down at the bottom of it alongside its older brethren. But what a freaking Saturday of college football, man. It was beautiful. There was no Aaron Judge interruptions. It was just nonstop football. By the way, Tennessee River. (laughs) That probably would have made sense. (laughs) That probably (laughs) makes the most sense. I was really curious. I was like, there's no way it's actually named the Tennessee River, I didn't think it would be. I thought it'd be like the Chattanooga or something. Something, right? Or like it's, I don't know how close it is to the Appalachian, but... I don't know, maybe one of those rivers. I don't know. Maybe the Mississippi runs out there. I don't freaking know. Geography maybe, was not my best subject, clearly. clearly. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was either of ours, man. Okay, let's let's, let's just go down this list here, man. Go for let's it. start with one the nightcap, USC-Utah. Oh, man, was I ever wrong about this game? Now, granted, a lot of the flags late did not go in USC's favor, but ultimately Utah showed why so many experts, including myself, had him as kind of a dark horse. I had playoff Cameron game. rising as a top five quarterback in CFB this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we talked about that. I don't think we did. No. But Cam Rising is a stud. That dude is a dog. I love Cam Rising. He threw for 415 yards and two touchdowns. Absolutely lit up the USC secondary. Um, Caleb Williams, man, looked like Caleb Williams, though. I mean, 381 yards and five touchdowns. I will I will keep on saying this. I don't know if I've actually reiterated this specific point. Caleb Williams is the best quarterback in college football. With respect to Bryce Young, with respect, respect to Hendon Hooker. I'd say you better Ten- give my boy Hendon some respect. Uh, at I Tennessee. He is the best and, quarterback uh, in college football. And respect to, obviously, the kid down in Texas that we will not mention because Andrew will throw no, a fit. No, I won't. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> but I believe Caleb Williams, number 13 for the USC Trojans, is the best quarterback. And he often showed why. I mean, he was throwing throws from off platform, rolling to his right, rolling to his left, down the field, <coughs> to the sideline, over the middle, consistently all night. And ultimately, all while getting sacked four times, too. Which, and, we, and we've talked about this. Utah has the best defense in the Pac 12. Without a doubt. This is the best defense. Without a doubt. That theoretically Caleb Williams will go up against you. And he threw for almost 400 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, not to just get into all nerdy analytical, but oh my God. Yeah. He's just insane. And just he passes the eye test too. He obviously isn't eligible for this upcoming draft class, but in 2020, what would that be? 2024, he's going to make some NFL GM really happy for the next 15, 20 years. I'm just going to call it now. Barring some... You know, stuff that we don't know about Mr. Williams. I'll make sure I bookmark that. And, I'll make sure I bookmark that and post. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I Listen, I'm, I'm a believer. But I really yeah. do. Uh, Utah knocks off number seven, USC, uh, 43-42 and at Utah. So, um, massive win. Massive win for that program. Especially after just such a kind of just disappointing start to the season for Utah. Having some, you know, really tough games that... They probably should have won, but didn't win. I think that that win is 
is pretty big for them moving forward. Moving on, though, a game that probably shouldn't have been as close, but I'm not shocked that it was that close. Number four, Clemson, FSU. FSU looked like old FSU <laughs> for this game. The days of Jameis Winston and, you know, Kelvin Benjamin, Dalvin Cook. I mean, yeah. Florida State, it's it's such a great tradition, such a great fan base they have down there. They really in, do. In Tallahassee. And it's just, this is the best I've seen them look in a while against yeah. the Clemson squad led by DJ Ugalele and Davo Sweeney. Um, the fact that they were able to keep this close, granted, it was at home. I, it made me hopeful for the program's future. Without a doubt. And I think ultimately that because Florida State is playing in the ACC, there's going to be some conference reshuffling. We haven't really seen too much from the ACC side, but Florida State... No, because that ACC buyout's like $100 million. That too. So That too. But I do believe that Florida State is a program on the rise. May not be competing for any major bowl games this year, but we, we like the future of FSU. But Yuga Lely, man, he really showed why he deserves his respect. Mm-hmm. really fought, put the team on his back at the end of the game, really mm-hmm. was completing some tough passes, really led Clemson down the field, marched them down the field, really, he's, when it mattered most. He's one of the more impressive, physically gifted athletes in the sport. Um, I think him and Dabo also have an understanding of where his strengths and weaknesses are, and they're really firing on all cinder, cylinders, Excuse me, as you mentioned, um, especially on a road game, you know, completing over 200 yards for three touchdowns. He also adds another touchdown on the ground. You know that he's a dual threat anytime he goes out on the field. Without a doubt. Um, he's not the most consistently knockdown thrower, you know, consistent precision passer that some of these other guys in college football are going to be. Right. But put him in the right situation. There's definitely not – there's a lot of guys that I'd rather meet in the hole if I'm a defensive back or a linebacker than this kid, DJ Ugalele. I agree. And I think he's just a really high-character guy. I think the, the team really rallies around him, and he's earned the respect of the locker room and respect of this coaching staff. Without a doubt. Moving on, we got Kentucky bouncing back finally. Um, man, that really disappointing season for Kentucky so far. Two straight losses took them from number eight down to number 22. But they handled business at 5-1 and one Mississippi State. Um, <sighs> Kentucky... I hate that they lost a second game because I feel like had they not lost to South Carolina, which, which was definitely their most disappointing loss, their first loss was to miss it, Ole Miss. Was that the game that Levis got hurt in? Yes. Okay. So, yeah. The thing is, like, they lost to Ole Miss, which now we see Ole Miss is legit. Right. Ole Miss is one of the best teams in the one of the few in, undefeated in the SEC. Teams. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that loss, I don't think hurts as much, but you, losing to South Carolina is tough. Uh, that's a that's a tough tough L. But. Right. I mean, with respect to Spencer Rattler and that old crew over there, it's just they're not going to be competing anytime soon no. at the top of the SEC food chain. No. But coming out, beating Mississippi State, who is five and one, a legit squad. I think that's a huge bounce back for your program. I think it's a huge bounce back for. Uh, Will Levis throwing for 230 yards, one touchdown, one interception. I mean, an average game, the definition of an average game from a quarterback, but he had a lot of help from Rodriguez on the ground, 197 yards for two touchdowns. Yeah, that'll get the job done. Yeah. 
from one single player. Yeah. I mean, most guys or most teams hope that they get 200 yards total. And this guy almost did it single-handedly. Yeah. The, the the big difference in this game was the fact that, you know, Will Rogers threw for the same amount, almost the same amount of yards, same touchdowns, same interceptions, one and one, but they had zero rushing attack for Mississippi State. So, got to have a balanced attack. Yeah, I mean, respect to Mike Leach's system, but you got to be able to have teams respect you on the ground if you want to be able to pass through the air. Absolutely. So, I fully agree. But, I mean, yeah. There's a lot of other games occurring this weekend. Obviously, Georgia took care of business against Vanderbilt. Stetson Bennett had about as good as a game you could ask. 200 or 24 30, 289 yards and two touchdowns. Georgia, again, I'll give Brendan credit. Um, Georgia's been the most consistent team start to finish this year in college football. He's mentioned that numerous times, and they proved it again this past Saturday. Obviously not the biggest matchup, though, given that there were six ranked matchups. Yeah. Uh, One of which was the Michigan versus Penn State game in Ann Arbor. Uh, J.J. McCarthy showed uh, some flashes of greatness there. He ultimately didn't have the greatest stat line, 17-24. to He deserves his respect. 145 yards in the interception. But as Andrew mentioned, he absolutely deserves his respect. There's a reason that they're talking as if he's the best quarterback prospect Harbaugh's had since his tenure in yeah. Michigan. Um, but it was the rushing attack for Michigan that really carried them. Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum both average are both mounting over 160 yards and two touchdowns on the ground to lead Michigan over their in-conference rival Penn State. Obviously, Sean Clifford uh, came out of this one. Uh, I believe he suffered an injury. Yep. Uh, not sure what the details of that one were, but he was ineffective, 7-19, 120 yards. Just could never really get into gri- uh, rhythm. He did have 74 yards on the ground. But ultimately, when Michigan kind of fixed what they wanted to do, made the halftime adjustments on defense, Penn State just was overmatched in this one. Without a doubt. You know who else was overmatched? Who we did not expect to be overmatched? NC State. Ooh, yeah. Getting embarrassed by Syracuse, man. That that was a very disappointing game for NC State. Uh, really, really sad to see because I really had high hopes for NC State the rest of this season. But Syracuse, man, Syracuse is proving to be legit, without a doubt. Yeah, the Orange definitely did everything that they needed to execution-wise. Their quarterback, Schrader, 210 yards through the air, two touchdowns. Also, Tucker averaging almost 100 yards in the touchdown on the ground. There's nothing spectacular about this team. There's no, no athletes that are no. going to just jump off the page, scream. But they're so balanced. They really are. They're well coached. They execute, and they're in the right spots. They're not a heavily penalized team. And at home, I mean, the NC State, as you mentioned, was one of those teams that we were talking about. Can they give Clemson a run for their money in the ACC? And Syracuse was like, oh, no, we'll we'll take that step we'll over We'll take you. care of it. Yeah, yeah. so... Great job by the Orange in that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, running through a few more. I mean, we have Ole Miss handling business against Auburn. It was a closer game than it probably should have been. But that's what good teams do. When a game is tough, they pull it out, and that's exactly what Ole Miss did. I mean, just real quick, I don't want to spend too much time on this game. Okay. Jackson Dart, it's legit. Okay. He doesn't throw insane mm-hmm. up, like numbers. But he had over 100 yards passing and 100 yards rushing. So Dual threat? The definition of dual threat. 50-50. <laughs> like, right. exactly dual threat. Um, but I like Jackson Dart. I've always liked Jackson Dart since he got to Ole Miss. I'm really excited to see uh, what it is that he can do as the rest of the season goes on. 
we got to talk about the game that happened in Fort Worth. Do yeah, we but I, I, I want to talk about... <laughs> you want to save that for one for last then? Uh, there's a couple. I want to say that's one of the last ones I want to okay. say. But okay. I want to talk about the poor Jayhawks, man. Ooh, hoo, hoo. yeah. Uh, Brendan Sooners came alive and they dismantled what once was the mighty Kansas Jayhawks have now lost two in a row after losing to the Oklahoma Sooners in Norman. Dylan Gabriel, in his return at quarterback, had over 400 yards passing, two touchdowns. He re- there was a really big skill gap whenever yeah. Gabriel came in versus the other quarterbacks Oklahoma's thrown in there in the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh Kansas losing Kobe Bryant was huge. Yes. But absolutely. The fact that Kansas came out and competed, I'm so proud of that program. I genuinely believe that and I think everyone does that they are on the right path. Um but the Cinderella story had to end at some point. Yeah, I don't even think the most diehard Jayhawk fans it really expected Kansas to. No, absolutely not. And I, don't th- I mean, and obviously no one else did. But uh, really proud of Kansas for the run that they had. Um, obviously, they're only one win away from a bowl, so in, they huge. haven't played West Virginia yet. Oh wait, or have they? I think they might have. As Andrew fact checks himself. Um, yeah, Kansas definitely is on the rise. No, they haven't. So there you go. So they'll that'll probably be what we hope to see. Oh, they haven't played the Longhorns yet. Oh, there. That's you go. a guaranteed win for the Kansas. Oh, ha 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 ha. But anyways, no, the the miracle <laughs> you, run comes to an end. Not even a miracle run, man. They're they're really rebuilding that program beautifully, and they're going to make noise in the Big Twelve. I think the Big Twelve is going to be in great hands moving forward. I feel like I say it every week, but they will be. Uh. Texas defeats Iowa State, narrowly escaping Iowa. State. I was watching that game. Uh, you were through three touchdown passes. Bijan was Bijan. It just it never seemed like the offense fully got into a groove. No, it they didn't. And while the Iowa State offense did, um, it it's been kind of tough um, for the Longhorns. I mean, but getting Quinn Ewers back is definitely proving to pay dividends for the Horns down in Austin. As they moved to um, five and two. Yep. Illinois, 26-14 over Minnesota. Um, James Madison, man, their miracle run comes to an end. One week in the top 25, and then they go and lose to Georgia Southern. But, I mean, hell of a start for James Madison for their first ever season in the FBS. Yeah. Great, great start to their season. Really excited to see what they do. Now we got two ranked matchups left that we have not talked about. Number eight, Oklahoma State travels down to Fort Worth, Texas to take on the TCU Horned Frogs. Double overtime. Double overtime win for TCU, man. What a game. Uh, That was just great on both parts. Uh, um, Max Duggan. Max Duggan looks awesome. He looks comfortable. Um, He trusts his team. The transition to Sonny Dykes um, has been essentially seamless yeah, for this TCU program. Which no one expected. Right. I mean, you bring in a first-year head coach, especially a coach that came from the AAC, who really hasn't seen much Power 5 experience. It's it's really difficult to like say that he's going to move up to a Power 5 school, especially a school with the history of TCU mm-hmm. and how competitive they've been the last decade and a half. Right. It's really cool to see that he went, he just traveled. He moved 45 minutes out west. And uh, they currently sit atop the Big 12. They sit atop the Big 12. 
the only undefeated team left in the Big 12. Yeah, and uh, they obviously have a big test this up next upcoming week against Kansas State. Kansas State. They'll be very interested to see how that one goes, but, I mean, they look like the most complete team in the Big 12, in my opinion. They with, I mean, they without a doubt do. I mean, Max Duggan looked legit. Uh, what was it? 23 for 40, 286 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Spencer Sanders, though, man. Spencer Sanders continues to prove that he's a solid quarterback. I mean, he's going to get the job done. He's just very inconsistent. He's very inconsistent. His and, his mechanics at times can stray, yeah, which ultimately limits this Oklahoma State offense because Gundy is putting him in positions where he can succeed. Yeah. Ultimately, though, Sanders is not able to execute the offense to the highest ability. And while he is able to get stuff done on the ground when he's not able to complete through the air, it's costing his team in the long run. Yep. That being said, TCU wins 43-40, double OT, with a visit from Kansas State next week. Now, we were talking about some goalposts floating down the Tennessee River. <laughs> Maybe not floating, but they, they sunk. Uh, just like they sunk the Alabama Crimson Tide. Ooh, 52-49. Game of the year. In Tennessee. Game of the year. Without a doubt. Hendon Hooker and Bryce Young proved to us why they are two of the best quarterbacks in college football this season. What a matchup. Hendon Hooker officially announced himself to America outside of the great state of Tennessee and I believe is now a serious contender for the Heisman Trophy. Tennessee knocking off the Alabama Crimson Tide for the first time, and it seems like, I think it was over 15 years, they said. This looked like a Big 12 game. It was unbelievable how easy Tennessee was able to move the ball up and down the field versus Alabama. Jalen Hyatt, six receptions, 207 yards, caught all five touchdowns from Hendon Hooker. My God. Imagine if there's college football fantasy. That would uh, that's a lot of points. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think. So that's that's okay. So that's 20 points for the receiving yards. That's six. So 26 plus five times six. That's 30. So that's 56 points for the receiver. 56.7. What? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? That's then, insane. Uh, quick mass here on the 207 yards on six receptions is just Nuts. absurd. And I think I've talked about this. And 385 yards on 21 attempts. I've talked about this off the air with some guys that I've do some other sports podcasts with. The difference I think that has kind of gone under the radar a little bit with Alabama is while Jameer Gibbs and Bryce Young are operating as two of the best at their respective positions in college football, the Alabama wide receivers have not been as consistent as you would like. I mean, if you think about Alabama receivers just in the last couple of years, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, obviously Henry Ruggs with respect to that, uh, Jerry Judy, um, just to name it out of the last few years with Mac Jones and Tua Tungavailoa, I mean, their number one, I guess, is Ja'Cory Brooks, who's, yeah. I mean, doing a decent job, but he's not Alabama caliber level. I mean, Cameron Latou, the tight end, has been really effective in certain situations, but ultimately Bryce Young is really just kind of having to spread the ball around, which don't get me wrong, is helpful. And it's, it's really really helpful. And it's, it's, it's great for his development, but ultimately Alabama – part of their advantage over the past couple of years is having maybe one or two guys that they can sit there and be like, listen, we need a big play here. We need you guys to get open against some of the best defensive backs in the country. And we know you're going to be open at this precise point. And not having the true number one that can take on any corner in the country 
is affecting really, is is really affecting Bama. On top of that, they have been very undisciplined this season. Very like their defensive back defensive pass interference slash holdings has been. I don't have the official statistic in front of me, but I it's the highest I can remember in the Coach Saban led era. Yeah, it's it's pretty nuts. But nonetheless, Bryce Young looks. Showed us why he won the Heisman last year. 455 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, All-out beautiful performance. Yeah, but credit to Tennessee. They ultimately were able to come with away with the win after Alabama's, excuse me, Alabama kicker, uh, as I'm looking down at his name, sorry, Will Reichert, um, missed a field goal attempt that would have put Alabama ahead. Tennessee, Hendon Hooker, two passes later, sets up the game-winning kick. For Tennessee, that barely gets through the uprights. The ugliest game-winning kick I've ever seen, but... The only kick of the day, by the way, for McGrath. It got the job done. 40-yarder, sent Tennessee. That's what you're there for. Whether they need you 10 times or if they need you one time. Got to stay ready. You have to be ready. And And he was ready. And with that, Tennessee did move up to number three in the latest AP poll rankings. Georgia leading the way, followed by Ohio State. And <laughs> Which the none of us saw coming. None of us. No, clearly <laughs> not, not a single one. Um, number four, Michigan. Number five, Clemson. Six, Alabama. Seven, Ole Miss. Eight, TCU. Nine, UCLA. Ten, Oregon. Andrew, before we get out of this college football topic, I just want to get your thoughts on the AP Top 25 polls. Is there anything you want to talk about? Is there anything that you don't agree with that you're really surprised with? Give us your thoughts on the AP top 25 poll. I mean, obviously, I love Tennessee at three. Um, you beat the number three team. You're the number six team. Uh, it, it really just, it makes sense. I, oh, man. This poll has been nuts this year. It has been all over the place. It really has. Ohio State, I feel like Ohio State is just quietly having one of the best seasons as yeah. well. They just haven't been... At Georgia's level yet? No, no, not, not, yeah. I think their biggest test is obviously going to be Michigan. Okay. Now, I will say, (laughs) huh? No, I was just going to say fair, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. The biggest thing is going to be, I think, that no matter who wins that Michigan-Ohio State game, I don't think either one still deserves to be out of the top four. Interesting take there. Would you have the loser ahead of Alabama? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay, so hypothetical situation. If Georgia, let's just say Ohio State wins, Ohio State, we'll say Clemson wins the ACC, and then you would have Michigan, a one loss ahead of Alabama, or Tennessee for that matter, if they're one loss, in your college football playoff, potentially. Yeah, because I'm still waiting for Clemson to drop that one game that they should not drop, which they do every single year. So you're kind of projecting a little bit. I, I am, but... If they don't, uh, I I would have Clemson in over the loser of Ohio State Michigan. But if so they who do, would, who would your four be? It honestly, what I see right now: <coughs> so Georgia, be, Ohio State, Tennessee, Michigan. Well, Tennessee and Georgia would eventually play each other. Same same thing though, same situation. But okay, so then who would you so would you have Tennessee? I guess over Alabama at that point. Yes, and then because of that head to head, so it would be Georgia and Ohio State would be the only two undefeateds. And then you'd have Tennessee and Michigan ahead of Alabama. Right. Very interesting. I don't know how realistic that's going to be, but very interesting. Now, Sleeper could very well be Ole Miss. If they keep winning yeah. and think, they knock off Alabama. I think they're just in that SEC boat. Like, 
if they are not undefeated, if they if your name's not Georgia or Alabama, and you're not undefeated with respect to Tennessee, right? It's just going to be so hard for me seeing. I, I agree. Cultural I agree. I agree. But you want to take it over to the big leagues now? We, we already talked some baseball, coming up. but we got to talk about some some grown men. And I mean the NFL. That's what we got to get into. The NFL, as we are currently recording. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys are taking on the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia. It's currently 0-0 zero to zero at the midway point of the first quarter. Andrew, there were a lot of games that happened this Sunday that me and you uh, were in it, or not in attendance, or in viewing pleasure of watching the NFL today. Um, but I think we have to start with the game that we don't want to talk about just so we can get out of the way. The Thursday night... <laughs> Uh, uh, why are they so <laughs> bad every single week? So I don't know if we said this on the last. The pod. new Amazon curse. I, I get it, they paid eleven billion dollars for rights to Thursday night football. I'm not sure how many Jeff Bezos investments are made public in terms of like wins and losses he's had. Because I mean, everyone wins and loses. The ROI on this one's gotta be. Yeah, that's what. I, it's just not great, especially these just last two weeks. I mean. We were sitting there, and we were like, Colts-Broncos. Oh, man, that stinks. That's like the worst primetime game ever. And then this game happened. At least <laughs> at least there were touchdowns in this one, man. Well, yeah. One each. And that's two more than last week. It's true. This is true. And it didn't force us to go to overtime either. Yeah. Dear God. But Justin Fields did lead a drive for the Chicago Bears. Um, ultimately, did complete a pass to Darnell Mooney. That was ultimately ruled down at the one-yard line, or really the half-yard line, that ultimately led the Washington Commanders to take the win and escape Soldier Field with a dub, their second of the season. Can we stop talking about this game now? Yep, next. All right. (laughs) Falcons. Yep, Falcons knocked off the San Francisco 49ers in Atlanta 28-14. Kyle Pitts caught a touchdown pass, which is... Not relevant at all to my fantasy team or the fantasy teams of millions of others across the nation. Because Kyle Pitts has not been catching touchdown <laughs> passes. <laughs> it's his first touchdown patch, uh, catch in the United States in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, his first one and only one last year was in London. That is insane. Yeah. That is nuts. Didn't didn't realize. I pulled that stat literally as we were researching. Y'all remember like Kyle Pitts coming to this league? He was the highest drafted tight end ever. Highest position because he came in at, he drafted at four. Yep. And he was supposed to be the next Kelsey, the next Kittle. Him and Mike Ditka were the only two rookie wide receivers to get 1,000 yards in their first rookie season. Or just hasn't been that way. Yeah. And again, I know the touchdowns haven't been in there, but I figured at least the production with Calvin Ridley getting suspended, you know, it would make sense for... But I think Calvin Ridley gone really shortens that field for them. I guess so, man. They just have not been able you to find You just don't him. have the deep threat. And you really don't. And Mariota is... Blech. is dog doo doo to put it nicely yeah for sure but uh yeah the san francisco ultimately jimmy garoppolo didn't play a bad game 29 to 41 296 yards two touchdowns no but he doesn't have the the leg threat that trey lance has no because i feel like trey lance could have put up this exact same game except he would have run for more and really really stretched out that linebacker core and really opened up the field to throw downfield. Yeah. No, Atlanta was basically saying, San Francisco, you better pass the ball because we're not letting you run it. They only ran for a combined 50 yards. And in a Kyle Shanahan-led offense, that is 
basically unheard of. Yeah. Um, speaking of the NFC West, two teams took each other uh, took on each other in Lumen Field in Seattle, Washington today, with the home team coming away with a victory, nineteen to nine, over the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Kyler Murray in that one, two hundred and twenty-two yards, one interception. He did have a hundred yards on the ground. Congrats, Cole. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm talking about a Seattle victory. I didn't think I predicted Seattle would get roughly this many wins for the entire year. And they're at this point in October. I'm I'm happy. That's insane. It's freaking incredible. Geno's, hey, you can go to a bowl game. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you gotta cut my dreams? I at first one second I was just like, wait, what? And then all oh. um Geno There's Smith only one bowl game in the NFL, buddy. I uh, know. The bowl game. The the bowl game. But the, uh Geno Smith looked there. He still hasn't written back. 20 of 31, 197 yards. Wasn't the greatest stat line, but I'm did gonna enough. keep writing him letters, though. Because I, feel like, <laughs> I feel like eventually he's going to have to write back. Yeah, no fan mail for Geno. There's Smith. a reason Geno didn't already have a starting gig. I mean, I don't know, man. <laughs> this is insane. I just I don't think anybody expected Geno to perform so, the way he has. I was talking about this with my brother. Geno has exceeded expectations, and I do expect him to come back down to earth at some point. Maybe maybe Russ left the dog in Seattle. Maybe he did. And Gino took it. Maybe he left a Subway sandwich or two. <laughs> For Gino. <laughs> Be careful. I know. It's uh, spicy. It's spicy. <laughs> <laughs> the Denver Broncos take on the Los Angeles Chargers tomorrow night on Monday Night Football. We got the Chargers in that one, right? Yeah. Okay. I we were I figured we really talked all that we need to on Seattle football, but um, moving on here to the other last NFC West matchup, the Los Angeles Rams took care of business ultimately against the Carolina Panthers. Matt Stafford didn't have the prettiest game, but was able to be effective. Twenty six of thirty three, two hundred fifty two, two hundred fifty three yards. Excuse me, with a touchdown. Daryl Henderson and Ben Skaronic added touchdowns on the ground for the Panther or for the Rams. Excuse me, the Panthers. With P.J. Walker and Jacob Eason uh, combined for 110 passing yards. And Christian McCaffrey, uh, only 69 yards on the ground. Nice. Uh, seven receptions for 89 for McCaffrey through the air. Uh, this Panthers team is well on their way to the number one overall pick come April, in my opinion. Yeah. Any debate on that one? No. Okay. I think, I think, <laughs> I think the nicest thing to do is just take Baker... Out to a nice open field and tell him that this is his new <laughs> Cleveland Browns stadium this that is, he can live at this forever. Is his, this is his progressive ad. This is his progressive <laughs> ad, yeah. I mean... He went from progressive to freaking... <laughs> what's, some, what's some really... You like, know what, Fox? Just take the bullet and just offer him a commentator's contract. People like to listen to Baker talk. Do you think he never gets another gig again? No. I don't think he does. Like a, a true, so. legit starting a, level a gig. A legit starting level gig, absolutely not. If it's, uh, for example, the Colts, who love to just pick up washed quarterbacks, maybe. Baker Mayfield confirmed but, in Indianapolis but 2023. Legit, but legit, like, the only piece we're missing is a starting quarterback, an average starting quarterback. I wouldn't even think about calling Baker Mayfield. I agree. I think Baker's just done. Um, speaking of average quarterbacks. The worst of the Oklahoma Heismans. Or below average quarterbacks. 
Tom Brady. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Jones. A little average wise because he doesn't have one anymore. Oh, well, we'll get to that game here in a second. <laughs> but the New York Giants uh, wow. are 5-1. and one. Nuts. They knocked off the Baltimore Ravens at home today, 24-20. to 20. Daniel Jones, 19-27, 173 yards, two touchdowns. Saquon added a touchdown on the ground. Lamar, 17-32, not the greatest completion percentage, 210 yards. The touchdown and interception, he also added 77 yards on the ground. Uh, Kenyon Drake, leading rusher for Baltimore today, 10 carries for 119 yards and a touchdown. Baltimore, they just, there's something missing with Baltimore. Like, I, I just, I don't understand what it is. They can't close out games because they have the leads. And they do. Late. Late. And they just, they don't play the prettiest. Like, it's not, with Lamar, it, Lamar is a incredible athlete and incredible yep. quarterback. And he deserves... To be considered among the elite quarterbacks. Yep. But his style is unlike anything we've ever seen. And it's just, Baltimore, you would think, with their heavy rushing style and their heavy focus with John Harbaugh, one of the best play callers, I think, in the NFL, given given the circumstances of NFL coaching decisions, they just cannot seem to just wrap up these games that are all but finished. They should arguably be 5-1, and 6-0, 4-2 at the bare minimum. And they're sitting at 500 midway or about almost halfway through the season. Yeah. A really, really disappointing start. The Ravens, but man, Dable, he's legit. We can't disrespect the Giants here. No, we cannot. Uh, Brian Dable, I had mentioned before the season, I thought he was my favorite NFL head coaching hire. He's showing why. Yeah. Daniel Jones, don't let him fool you. Daniel Jones is not a good quarterback. No. He's not even an average quarterback. No. But Brian Dable and that offensive staff, that whole revamped New York Giants coaching staff, has got the Giants looking like a formidable playoff-level team. Without a doubt. When they should be arguably rebuilding. And it's nothing short of a miraculous. NFC East, man. If the Cowboys knock off the Eagles today, we'll have three teams at 5-1. and one. Well, don't get your hopes up too much. You better knock on the table, too. You don't want to change yeah, yourself. Yeah, whatever. Um, but there's yeah. another team in New York actually shares a stadium. With the Giants. Who also got a win today. Got a big win today. On the road and at what is probably considered the mecca of NFL football. Lambeau Field. The Jets <laughs> take down the Packers 27 to 10. And the Packers. I'm sorry. Can you say that one more time? <clears throat> yeah. Let me make sure this mic is turned up. Let's see. Hello. hello no, my, no, my, no, my ears. Here. Like, I, yeah. my headphones, like, they didn't break, right? No. Everything's good. No, you heard me. The Packers won twenty-seven to ten. That's what I said. The Packers won twenty-seven to ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I said. Now you're really messing with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, Colin, it started you off as a bit. Right, you heard me right the first time. The New York Jets beat the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field, twenty-seven to ten. What? <laughs> Zach Wilson, hundred and ten yards, ten of eighteen. Brees Hall, hundred sixteen yards, touchdown. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, 246 yards in the touchdown. A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones combined for 60 yards on the ground. Packers, what happened? <laughs> uh, what happened? <laughs> uh? Shout out to our boy James. <laughs> if you don't watch TikTok, NFL TikTok, you do not get that You reference. will not get it. Ignore Colin. But... <laughs> 
<laughs> Packers. <laughs> what hysterical. No. Um, <laughs> the Jets handled business, man. Uh, uh, I'm starting to believe in them a bit. Which is kind of scary because every time I believe in a team, it doesn't go like it should. But whatever. Um, Zach Wilson came in and he has revamped this New York Jets team. Really excited to see what they do for the rest of the season. Obviously, there's a lot of football left. But, I mean, winning four games already for the Jets, that's something nobody anticipated. You know what else nobody anticipated? Kenny Pickett. That was a good guess. I'll give you that. You're getting closer to like my like little preview hints there. Um, Bailey Zappi. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Second guess. Bailey Zappi being an absolute dog. Bailey Zappi, dog. dog. Bailey Zappi led the New England Patriots in a win over the Cleveland Browns on the road. Zappi, 24-34, 309 yards, two touchdowns. Ramondre Stevenson has clearly taken over that backfield in Damian Harris's absence. 19 the carries. Best waiver wire pickup I've made that you traded away yeah <laughs> because the rest of my team is way too good fair enough 76 yards on the ground two touchdowns for Mr. Stevenson uh Jacoby Brissett 21 of 45 he's kind of come back down to earth one touchdown two interceptions he actually threw an interception that wasn't in the fourth quarter today he got one done in the first quarter so good for him Nick Chubb <laughs> 56 yards on the ground uh yeah, this was a stomping. 38 to 15. Mollywop. Mollywop. I love that. I love that phrase. I do too. Molly but I think there's been a curse that's been lifted. You know, we it's uh it's it's October. Spooky season. It is spooky season. We love spooky season around here. That we do. I love love all the spookiness. What's, um, what's really spooky? What's going on in the NFL? You know who what would really terrify uh the Colts every single time they played this team? The Jaguars. Does that mean they conquered their fear today? I think they did. Wow. 27. <laughs> they almost didn't. 34 to 27 They victory. almost left the haunted house crying. But but shout out to Alec Pierce, who was able to get inside the door before the scary monsters got to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he ran. He ran, ran through the entire haunted house. Ran through it. Got through. Secured the win for the Indianapolis Colts. Matt Ryan turning back the clock. 389 yards, three touchdowns. Deion Jackson, in relief of Jonathan Taylor, added 42 yards in the touchdown on the ground. Michael Pittman Jr. looking like what Michael Pittman should look like. Uh, with 13 catches for 134 yards. Yes, thank yeah. you for mentioning that. Trevor Lawrence, in terms of efficiency, you can't get much better. No, 20 for 22? Tw yeah, that's pretty accurate. Maybe you should have thrown it more. Maybe. Doug Peterson, what you doing? What happened? Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I would have cut it off at two because the three it would just get old. But Travis Etienne uh, led the way for Jacksonville. 86. Hey, I went on a 20 minute rant about Aaron Judge, <laughs> <laughs> and I could go again. You really so. could. That's fair. That's fair. But the Jaguars ultimately fell to the Colts on the road. A huge win for Indy's hopes at competing for that division crown. I wish Brennan was here, man. I know. You know why? Why? It's the Vikings. Woo -hoo -hoo. The Vikings look good. 24 to 16. Is Kirk Cousins the MVP this year? Uh, no. <laughs> no, he is not. But he is the man. I'm not an MVP of the Vikings. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
Uh, there's about five guys the I can MVP think off the... MVP of 12 o'clock kickoffs. Okay, now you got me. There you go. <laughs> there, yeah, you there you go. go. <laughs> Kirk Cousins, 20 of 30, 175 yards, two touchdowns. The two MVP. Touchdowns. The MVP at noon. Dalvin Cook got a touchdown. Thank he, God. He got 53 yards on one carry out of his 77. <laughs> that's, uh, that's interesting. That's all I needed. Six receptions for 107 yards for Justin Jefferson. Adam Thielen also added a score. The Dolphins did start off with Skylar Thompson. However, he's the third quarterback this season to get injured for the Dolphins. He had a thumb injury, which means Teddy Bridgewater, who barely cleared concussion protocol, had to come in in relief, added 329 yards off the bench, but had two interceptions along with two touchdowns. And ultimately, the Dolphins just could not get it going. Tyree Kill had himself a day, 12 receptions, 177 yards. Jalen Waddle also contributed six for 129. But yeah, the Dolphins, after starting 3-0, have now lost three straight and are back fighting in the middle of the pack. They're in the AFC, potentially for a wild card spot at best. Because they're not competing with Buffalo, which we will get to later. Yeah. Uh, we have two games to talk about that uh, happened as the Philadelphia Eagles scored a touchdown. Uh, who caught that? That's a great question. I have my back to the play. Oh, it looks like Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders. All right. On my freaking bench. But <laughs> um, you know who wasn't on the bench? You know, I was going to say something real quick. Okay. We have two games left to talk about. I was kidding. I to think we should save the best one for last. Obviously. Well, we have three, actually. Do we? Yeah. See, that's how ready I was. Oh, you're right. You know, let's talk about the Bengals and Saints first. Yeah, that's. You know who else was not on the bench? <laughs> Andy Dalton. Taysom Hill and Andy Dalton, because <laughs> this was the Andy Dalton revenge game that did not come to be. Joe yeah. Burrow and the Bengals took care of business. 300 yards, three touchdowns for Mr. Joe Scheiste. I think the Saints just keep getting in their own way. Well, I just there was no way that Burrow and Chase were not going to do work yeah. in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Yeah. Jamar Chase, seven receptions, 132 yards, two LSU. touchdowns. LSU. Uh, also, Joe Mixon added a score uh, through the air. Andy Dalton, 162 yards in relief. Jameis Winston, they need you, man. I never thought a team would need Jameis Winston in 2022. They need Jameis Winston. Alvin Kamara did add 99 yards on the ground. Traquan Smith. Wow, did you just say Alvin Kamara had a good rushing game? I know. It's crazy. Wow. He's been, uh, you know, there was rumored that he was going to potentially face suspension after his incident at the Pro Bowl. Based on the first few weeks, it felt like he did was suspended. Based on his production. Maybe they just like ghost suspended him. You know, hey, you can play, but suck. <laughs> are you saying like in a game, you know how like they like, they like are on like on an app or something. They don't, they, they shadow ban you. Yeah. You think Alvin Kamara was shadow He was shadow banned from the NFL. <laughs> so he's still there, but they're like, hey, we're only going to put you in when you're going to like run directly into a loaded box. You know who so. else is still there? Hold on, hold on. Now, okay, okay. you want to go? Games, you want to go in there? Okay. <laughs> the last two games, <laughs> we obviously have to save the better one for last. So let's talk about the Chiefs and the Bills. You really have just been screwing up my punchlines of the game. I'm trying to go to just for you to make a, st- <laughs> a t- dumb joke. Why? I don't call my jokes dumb. You know who else is still here, Andrew? Freaking 45 year old Tom Brady. That's the transition I was going to. Go ahead. You talk about the game. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I don't want to talk about this crap. <laughs> No, go ahead. Go. Say another joke. Come on. Come on. I'm kind of shy now. Got you scared? You're putting me on the spot. It is spooky season. It is spooky season. I am scared. Guys, Cullen's looking at me with very angry, angry, beady eyes. So, um, 
Okay. Anyways, Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett. Uh. <laughs> right. No, no, it didn't happen to Kenny Pickett. Um, <laughs> because Mitchell Trubisky had the better game of the two. Oh yeah. So I just I'm I'm so used to Kenny Pickett, you know, being on the shorter end of the stick. Yeah. Pick it on the end of the stick. Yeah. Pick stick. Shut up. <laughs> it's been a long day. It has been, man. It's been a long day. Colton had a lot of fried food for lunch, though. Dude, that sandwich. I think was... it's going all the way to his head. It might be. Yeah. I do feel a little like He's it. losing his mind a bit. <laughs> Tom Brady, man. Tom Brady looked like uh, Michigan Tom Brady more than he did. He looked like he was 45 years old. Yeah. He actually showed his age. Did he a hit little the cliff? <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to pull the Max Keller. I'm not going to go Max Kell. Until Brady physically retires for more than 45 days or whatever. They're he showing for. a uh, Dallas Cowboys F1 car on the TV right now. Andrew is completely perplexed. He is just. Is that a Cooper Rush <laughs> Dallas Cowboys <laughs> F1 car? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? There's nothing Formula One about this guy. Oh you, my throws God. a bomb right now. I'll give you. Hold on. Is play action? There you go. And oh, it's picked. it's a pick. Yep. <laughs> why? 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 Everyone who says Cooper Rush is better than Dak Prescott, this is why he's not. This is ridiculous. <laughs> you can't play like this against the Eagles. The Eagles. E A G L. Shut up. <laughs> oh my God. We can't give this team bragging rights. Um, They're the worst team in the NFL. Like fans. Fans. Well, I'm about to say, thank God you you had that in there. Oh my God. This is ridiculous, Cooper. You look like a bum. Anyways. Anyways, so did Tom Brady. Yeah, who they didn't their offense just did not look in sync there. No, um, they no, they didn't. They were just um I mean Chris Godwin had ninety five yards. He looked like Chris Godwin again finally, but they were not finding Mike Evans, they were not finding anyone else. Tom Tom Brady and the Bucks really disappointing. I mean obviously Tom Brady was disappointing because he was yelling at his linemen on the sideline, so I did not divorce Giselle for you guys to play like this and oh. lose to freaking Kenny Pickett. Sheesh. I don't think he divorced her. I think she divorced him. Oh, so yeah. I don't blame her. He said, she, she said kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, we really don't know either. But maybe they'll give us like a Terry Bradshaw, Kardashians-esque like reality show about it. Random, but okay. I mean, that'd be pretty entertaining. I'd watch it. A Tom Brady reality show. Just, just for the pure drama coming out of this. Yeah, it's called. It was ESPN. all. It was all a marketing scheme, guys. It's called ESPN. They never. <laughs> you're not wrong. Um, but there was one game that we have not talked about. Big old rematch. One of the, probably the best game of the entire NFL season last year, playoffs, regular season included. Bills and Chiefs. What a game! Once again, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are the two best quarterbacks in the NFL. And every time these guys match up, it's beautiful. Crazy. And I highly doubt this is the last time we will see them play this year. No, probably not. They uh, Now, I will say, I think it was this time last year, 
around this time last year that Buffalo also knocked off Kansas City. I believe it was in Buffalo. Yeah. This time, so this is the first time, really in the Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes era, I think that the Bills have gone into Kansas City and won in Arrowhead. Um, Allen, 329 yards, three touchdowns through the area, also had a 32 on the ground. Patrick Mahomes, 338, two touchdowns also through two picks, adding 21 yards on the ground. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster had himself a day, five receptions, 113 yards, a touchdown. This looked like uh, Pittsburgh Juju. Stephon Diggs, 10 receptions, 148 yards, and a tutty, making sure we didn't forget about him, which we didn't, but, you know, just had to throw it out there. I mean, when Gabe Davis has a game like he had last week, makes sense. Hard to get a little distracted, at least. A little bit. But ultimately, the Bills were able to come away with the win over the Chiefs. Brennan would be having a field day with this show today, and he is just not in. I really feel bad for him because he he has been on this Buffalo Bills. You, too, to a lesser extent, Maloney, have also been on the Bills. But I know you have a little soft spot in your heart for Mahomes and the Chiefs. Right now, I'm on the freaking Cowboys linebackers (laughs) for not knowing how to fill a freaking gap. As Miles Sanders just seems to toy with some of the <laughs> Cowboys defenders. It was ridiculous, man. Um, I don't get this mad at football games unless it's against the Eagles because... E-A-G. Shut up. Eagles. Boo. Bird gang, bird gang. David Singletary looked good. Yeah. No, he... This was something that I mentioned. If the Buffalo Bills want to be really consistent and have a chance to actually compete for a Super Bowl, I felt... They needed to develop a run running game other than Josh Allen scrambling. And Singletary, if he plays like this consistently week in and week out, Buffalo's going to be really scary to yep. try to contend with. I absolutely agree. But I oh. miss the thing. you got to use your passing game to open up your run game. And they did that well today. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, uh, the Chiefs had two turnovers compared to Buffalo's one. Uh, Josh Allen did fumble in, in the game. But... If if Mahomes doesn't have those two turnovers, arguably Kansas City will win. I mean, we could play the what-if game all day long. All day long. These two teams, I, I still think, are the best two teams in the NFL. And we were very fortunate to get a potential preview of the AFC AFC's best um, here in October, and the game did not disappoint. Never does. So, but I really wish, maybe they're saving it for later in the season, the NFL script writers saving for an overtime matchup between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. But, um, yeah, no, I think uh, I think the Bills ultimately deserve, if you want to say the Buffalo Bills are the best team and they should be the favorite, go ahead. I would still say Kansas City, uh, if they played five, ten times, it could go down to the cards, personally. No, I, I agree. I think so, too. It's uh, It's the thing about KC is that they have these losses every single year, and then the most important things that they learn from them. I feel like every single year we they see Casey drop a game or two that they shouldn't have. That they shouldn't have. Which obviously this is one that they you should. Could, you could excuse. Yeah, well, I just ultimately I think. But you know what I mean. They I, they do a really good job of you just you bouncing I'm, back right, and you just don't normally see Mahomes throw an interception in that spot with the game on the line or. Two interceptions in the game in general and right. touchdown Eagles. AJ and Brown. I hate the Dallas Cowboys and <laughs> I hope this team burns. I'm so tired of the Cowboys. I'm fed up. I'm mm. L O L. 
Yeah, no, that is everything on the NFL slate. We already obviously talked about Chargers and Broncos. That's going to be happening on tomorrow night for Monday Night Football. Um, you want to move on to our final top before we get yes. out of the show? Okay. Here, in a second, we will be talking about this day in sports history. All right. Today is October 17th in sports history. We've got a lot of events that happened on this day. So without any further ado, let's get into it. Uh, first off, I'm going to say this one. Uh, we normally don't talk about uh, the negative side of sports that often, but I think this is one that needs to be addressed. Lance Armstrong, the cyclist, uh, lost a host of endorsements in the wake of his doping scandal. Obviously, the infamous Lance Armstrong uh, on this day in sports history. Beginning of the end. Yeah, dude, I remember when that news started coming out. It was nuts. Uh, on this day in 1981, there is... We don't talk about Formula One as much anymore, but there is one race in Formula One that is highly regarded as probably the worst Formula One race of all time, and that is the original Caesars Palace Las Vegas Grand Prix. Um, in 1981, though, Nelson Piquet... One of the greats driving for Brabham finished fifth in the season ending Caesars Palace Las Vegas Grand Prix to clinch his Formula One World Drivers Championship by one point. I have a beef with this website. There's no need in 1995 and 2000, within five years of each other, to talk about two American League Championship series in which the Seattle Mariners got beat four to two. In 1995 by the Cleveland Used to be known Cleveland, Cleveland, Cleveland. Used to be known as something that I'm not going to say here, but the Guardians now, uh, four to two, and then in 2000 lost to the New York Yankees, four to two, just after Seattle got eliminated too. Like what the hell? That sucks, man. (laughs) At least your team isn't losing 14 to zero. That was such the most unsympathetic. Just that sucks, man. I'm watching my team lose too, man. (laughs) Okay, fair. I'm here. Don't worry, I get it. But yeah, uh, touching on this real quick. That Las Vegas Grand Prix was so bad. It was held in a parking lot. The barriers for the race were literally hay bales. Big hay bales in a parking lot. Hay is for horses. Grass and straw is cheaper. Congrats, yeah. Colin. <laughs> That's, I'm really proud of you. That was that was like the best dad joke I could come with you on the spot great, right there. Good job. <laughs> yes, hay is for horses. But grass and straw is cheaper. <laughs> that might be, have to be the title of today's episode. <laughs> oh. Send us out. <laughs> yes, please. All right. From Andrew Maloney, our co-host and producer, to Brendan, who is producer. Producer, Andrew Maloney and co-host. Producer. To, <laughs> to our co-host, Brendan Carson, who will be back with us next week. I am Colin Brown saying thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you check us out on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, get us at, get at us on social media, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok. We're all on there. Join the conversation. At Good Time Sports. Yes. Make sure you follow us on there. And as always, remember this day in sports because we like to think about the good times in sports, and we hope you do too. This has been Good Time Sports, episode number seven.